0: Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for entrepreneurial thinkers. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, and it's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's time for another round of Hat GPT, GPT. This is the show where I do exactly what Chat GPT does. I give you information that will help you in your work, but unlike Chat GPT, I'm not gonna make things up. Our topic today is five funding options for your business idea. All right, let's go start generating. So here's the thing. Good news, bad news. Good news is compared with a long time ago, it is much easier to find your business than ever before. There's a lot of money out there vis-a-vis 20 years ago, whether you're doing something that requires venture capital, bank funding. There's just more, right? There's more firms, there's more banks, there's more online, there's more alternative. At the same time, the other happy news, which is great news, is that the cost of starting a new business has declined meaningfully over the past 20 years. So there's a stat I love, which is like the cost of putting up a website in the year 1999, 2000, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now it's free, basically. The cost of storage, a gigabyte of storage, Back then, 8000 bucks. now, the cloud, is pretty much free. So, on the happy side of things, it's just cheap. You don't need much money to get going, which is amazing. On the less happy side of things, the market has gotten a bit nasty over the last year to two years. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we had this boom in funding that was fed by very low interest rates, and a VC boom, where basically you could raise a round of capital or get a loan for a ham sandwich. Now, that is not a good thing. And that's why you saw a lot of really dumb companies getting funding. Really silly, silly companies that are all going bankrupt. Like who needed 47 different types of food delivery? Especially ones that are like, we do food delivery, but only for Organic foods made by people who smile a lot or travel, travel companies. that got so niche, like who needs Uber niche stuff like that? Maybe it's okay, but you don't need to raise like a hundred million bucks of VC for that business. Like that just makes no sense. Who needs NFTs? I mean, that's classical boy. I mean, maybe there's some ideas in there, but all that NFT stuff, that VC fed money, it just was sloshing around and people were acting crazy. Well, that's done. Nowadays, it is hard to raise money. That's not a bad thing. I mean, it will it's kind of overcorrected potentially, but, you know, it'll come back. And maybe it will be more sensible. Probably not because FOMO. But if you want to raise money right now, you just cannot count on the silliness. You got to be a little bit more prepared to work it. Now, there are exceptions, of course. If you are raising money for a company in AI or climate, you could just say it's a ham sandwich made out of AI and climate and you will raise money again, not without too much trouble. But of course, we know how this cycle ends. If there's an idea that isn't all that good and you raise money, it's not like the idea becomes better the more money you spend on it. Usually, it could happen, but generally, it just means you waste a lot of money and end up without anything. So anyway, that is, that's my tough love for everybody raising capital. But what I want to talk about today, and we'll do this after the break, is, you know, assuming where we are right now, like, what is the right way to raise money? Where should you look for capital? So we'll talk about that right after the break. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com FOMO. That's netsuite.com FOMO. netsuite.com FOMO. FOMO. All right. Today, we're talking about five funding options for your business idea. Let's start with the one that all of us can do without having to call anybody in some form or another, and that is bootstrapping. Self-funding your business. Pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Now, this is not for everybody and every stage. If you have a capital-intensive business, if you have to build machinery, for example, tough. Unless you're, you know, you have a lot of money sitting around. Also, if you don't have tons of cash to invest, it's tough. However, given all of that, I still want to say that at the very earliest stages of a business, bootstrapping can be powerful. You're working with limited amounts of money. Usually people aren't willing to self-fund a ton of cash. And you're just trying to figure out, like, does this idea make sense? The research. We talked about this last week in terms of how to get your entrepreneurial journey started. A lot of those early stages are things that don't cost a lot of money. And so the temptation to go out and raise a bunch of money early on when you don't even know what you wanna do yet, not good. Because then you start investing that capital quickly into stuff that may not even make sense. So in those early days, having the rigor of being bootstrapped can really help you to stay on the path of making smarter decisions. Now, another thing To consider, however, and this is really important. This is an interesting, I mean, I would say most people, like most founders I know, if they could just be bootstrapped, they would do that because you don't have investors who are kind of like having a boss on your shoulder. That being said, having external investors, while they can be a pain in the neck, does show that you've managed to put together a decent pitch and that somebody believes in what you're doing and that you have a cogent idea. So even if you're bootstrapping, you can synthesize that kind of thing by getting feedback. I would encourage people who are bootstrapping to still go and talk to potential investors just to get feedback and learn. Having people tell you you have a bad idea doesn't feel good, very good learning. They might be wrong and you can, you know, you can say to yourself that person has no clue, but the feedback is valuable. So, bootstrapping should not enable you to ignore the rigors of the market. That's really important. Now, once you get beyond that, the next stage beyond bootstrapping is angel investors. Now, what are an angel investors? Well, we've talked about this a bunch over the years, but I will recap for you. It's individuals who write smallish checks into early stage businesses, startups, new businesses. And angel investors, you know, they write anywhere from a couple thousand bucks up to you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they are folks who should be willing to take a risk. They get it. I mean, if you have an angel investor who's never done this before and doesn't understand that their money might go up in smoke, that's really tough. You probably don't want to work with them. If you're dealing with family or friends who've never done this before, you may take their capital. A lot of people do, but you want to explain to them the dynamics. But angels are people who are accustomed to investing at the earliest stages of a business when it's high risk. And they are, you know, there's some angel investors who are super experienced. A lot of times people who have had success in business or have run businesses, they will invest into new businesses in those areas where they have expertise. You can give them extra shares to get involved, to be an advisor and stuff like that. Angel investors can be great. The thing about angel investors is that you typically can't go back to them a gazillion times. Like they give you some money and then unless you really do well, They're not going to come back and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you more and more and more. This is not what they do. They spread their bets. They make smallish investments. And they're not looking to keep investing in the same companies unless, of course, those companies really perform. And even then, they may not. So angel investors is like a stage. You can't live there forever. Now, sometimes, of course, people raise an angel round and they don't ever need to raise more. But that depends on the business model and the cash flow dynamics and stuff like that. But angel investors can be an important bridge into other types of financing, whether it's bank funding or venture capital or other things. So they are great. And I think the most important thing is audition angel investors just like you would hire an employee. You want to make sure there's a fit there. Number three, venture capital. We'll talk about this in much more detail later in this series because venture capital has this sheen of like, ooh, VCs are so smart and wonderful. I mean, sometimes, but there are people too. They make mistakes all the time. And they can be difficult and obnoxious and hard to work with and think they know better when they don't and all that sort of stuff. They can be really annoying. So please don't glorify or romanticize VCs. Don't do it because you will end up being quite disappointed, quite disappointed. And the thing about VC, and this is the most important thing to keep in mind, it's not for every business. Like we've talked about the jam company over the last couple of weeks, I had worked on a project for Stonewall, that's not really a VC funded business. One could do it, but VC is really for things that scale hyper rapidly because VCs want massive returns. And if you're opening a restaurant, unless you're kind of gonna do some chain like you know, a sweet green or whatever, as not appropriate for a VC. And so thinking about the nature of the business you're building and where it is going and what the returns would be for the VC and then getting their feedback. That's really important. What you don't want to do is waste your time chasing VC when it's not a good fit for your business. Number four, crowdfunding. Now, crowdfunding used to be so popular. Kickstarter, Indiegogo, all that sort of stuff. Less popular now. However, still around. And I think it's one of these things that it was a bubble like everything else. Everybody wanted to crowdfund everything. But it can still be appropriate, especially when you are crowdfunding by pre-selling your service to potential customers. It's like, hey, I'm opening up a coffee shop. I am selling a discounted $50 gift card to what we're doing here. That's a great way to basically just like pre-sell things. That may not cover all your needs because, of course, there is a cost of goods sold associated with that. But thinking about how to mobilize potential customers into being a financing source, very powerful stuff and worth consideration depending on the kind of business. And finally, small business loans. So banks do give loans, not always, to everybody, but they do. And so going and talking to your local bank and understanding what they can offer is way better than putting everything on your credit cards, way better, because credit cards, ouch, it's expensive, And, of course, loans are more expensive than they used to be, for sure. But you can do working capital loans, inventory back loans. There's a bunch of different ways to play this. So go get informed. Go down to the branch of your bank and just talk to a banker. They are there to help you. That is their job. And it can be a little scary, but I promise you they're they're not going to bite. And many, many companies take loans. Now, this is easier in high credit markets like the U.S., but it does exist in many parts of the world. And the great thing about a loan, you just repay it. They don't own any of your business. Isn't that nice? You don't have a boss, per se. But if you don't pay it back, oof, then you got you to work it out. All right. Those are the five funding options for your business idea. We got bootstrapping, angel investors, venture capital, crowdfunding, and small business loans. Now, I'll be back on Thursday with another episode of FOMO Sapiens. So until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO Sapiens. And Patch EPT, stop generating. FOMO. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com.